On today's episode of the Sports Social Podcast, we have another NBA playoffs recap with the finals between the Suns and the Bucks. The Lightning win back-to-back Stanley Cups, MLB All-Star teams, and home run derby announced. We'll talk a little about the match, Poirier versus McGregor in Wimbledon, as well as the Euros and Copa American finals. And finally, we'll wrap up with another awesome top five from the boys. All right, let's get it. You're listening to the Sports Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Hunterkamp and Chris Arnold. And welcome into another episode of the Sports Social Podcast. Good to be back after a week off. Chris enjoyed some time at the lake with friends, and we're, we're ready to do another great episode for you. As he mentioned in the open there, jam-packed show. We've got quite a few things to discuss. MLB All-Star Weekend getting underway Playoffs in full swing for the NBA. NHL just wrapped up. Plenty of soccer. A big fight over the weekend. The match as well. We'll get all, all into it. But first, Chris, how was your weekend? Oh, it was fantastic. Apologies to everyone out there listening that we didn't get an episode out pre-recorded or anything last weekend. That was That's on us. We weren't really ready for me being gone for another week of this summer. <laughs> me and my big plans. But, you know, we, we made it work and we teased a little bit about the big top five we got coming at the end of this episode which i'm really excited for but i had a great weekend how was yours andrew it's good it was, it hung out with family got my birthday's tomorrow so it's an exciting uh exciting weekend week week ahead and uh, like i said ready to do another uh podcast and like like we said we got plenty to uh to discuss tonight what do you think about starting with uh with some nba some current the playoffs, finals in full swing. It's uh, starting to shape up to be – looks like it's going to be a good series. Uh, oh, yeah. Three games in, the, the Suns are up two to one, but the uh, Bucks took game three at home. Oh, it's looking fantastic. The Suns' uh, first two games are looking I mean, pretty dominant, scoring 118 in both and keeping the Bucks under 110 in both and then – Going back to Bucks home turf, and they kind of just took control of that third game and kind of dominated 120 to 100. I mean, it was a pretty studly game by Mr. Antetokounmpo taking control and actually making some free throws for once. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. But, I mean, it's yes, yeah, it looks like it's shaping out to be a fantastic final series. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's even more impressive, you know, knowing what Giannis is doing now, thinking – he may not even play. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. it was just a question mark of, of if he would play or not. And I'm still and he's, shocked that he's playing. He's, uh, he's been fantastic. He's had back-to-back uh, 40.10 rebound games, the uh, first person to do that since Shaq in the NBA Finals. And, and as you mentioned, uh, he's, he's actually started to make a few free throws. You know, the, the opposing crowd like to, like to count down <laughs> and, and kind of break up his rhythm. But uh, – yeah, as you mentioned, the Bucks kind of took control in that game three after uh, the Suns took both games at home. And uh, so we'll see what happens in, in game four on Wednesday night. But uh, 
it definitely makes it a more intriguing series being 2-1 instead of 3-0, obviously. Uh, so I think, I think it's still, still up in the air and, uh, and both teams obviously looking for their uh, first titles. And um, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be an interesting finish. Yeah, and you got, you got two big-time stars looking for their first titles as well with uh, yeah. Chris Paul and Giannis. Devin Booker as well, but, I mean, Chris Paul's been trying for a lot longer than Devin Booker has as well as Giannis has been there a little bit longer as well, but it's it's fun to watch that little story unfold. Giannis finally has some help around him that actually are contributing some points with Middleton and uh, Drew Holiday. They both had decent, pretty good games in game three. But yeah, it's I mean it's it's looking like a fun one. It's they're both teams are pretty evenly matched. They're both a little high speed. They're both high scoring. It's one of those just fun to watch series that kind of catches the eye. And it's two teams that one most people probably expected to be there, but the other one was, I mean, kind of an underdog all season. Right. They came out hot at the end of last season in the bubble, and then just kind of strutted their way through under the radar for most of this uh, time under the whim of like the Lakers and the Clippers over there in the West and they come out and I think it's gonna be a good series I think the Suns are gonna take it in four and six but we'll see how it shapes out yeah the the uh, Suns in four t-shirts and sneakers and merchandise is no longer prevalent as uh, oh, they, they cannot they cannot sweep them but uh yeah as we mentioned we had we kind of mentioned the Suns you know I think it was a previous podcast we just kind of said you know how big of those additions were for the team and they, they obviously have taken a huge step forward. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Devin Booker has also taken a huge step forward with uh, Chris Paul alongside Devin Booker did struggle in game three, though. He only had 10 points and he mm-hmm. didn't play the whole fourth quarter, which uh, I think that was kind of a more of a resting tactic. I think the coach, I think Monty Williams kind of knew it was over, you know, at the end of the third there and uh, they didn't make a run. He, as I mentioned, he only had 10 points. Um, and, uh, they did struggle a little bit. It seemed like every time they got it, you know, within four or five, the Bucks would, you know, push it back within 15. And as you mentioned, uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have started to give Giannis a little help. And, but, yeah, I mean, the, these two teams are, are extremely evenly matched. Both teams are really good defensively. And uh, both uh, teams have not just one star, but, you know, uh, maybe maybe one star, but good good surrounding players as well. Just a, mm-hmm. just a well built teams and uh, and whatever team wins will definitely have have earned it and and uh, deserved it as well. I agree. I do agree. I tell you, I tell you what, you're talking about the uh, the non stars having a hell of a game. <laughs> Look at it. good old Jay Crowder <laughs> dropping 18 and six rebounds in game three. I mean that guy just. Does not quit. He doesn't go away. How old yeah. is he? For that? My God, he he's just a solid. He's just a solid <laughs> player. He was uh he was in the finals uh, last year with the Heat as well. Uh, it seems like he's kind of he's kind of like a. I don't know if you could put him in the same category as Chris Paul, but it seems like it, it seems like everywhere he goes, he's just you know he's just a winner. He's just on winning teams and and he doesn't do anything like too flashy in the box score. Right, he's not going to really jump off the page like a Giannis or a Devin Bucker, but he's, he's just going to fill it up and, and do whatever it takes for his team to win. So yeah, he's, and, he's a very big team guy. He is. And, and he's one of those guys that you want on a team who's not going to take that star role, but he's going to be like the perfect backup for them. He, he's and a five he's older. He can, he can bring the leadership to the room to get those young guys going. It's and I was going to say too, along, along the leadership lines, he's, he's a fiery dude too. He, you can tell he has, 
he definitely has his teammates' backs. You know, if they're if they're you know get a little scuffle, he's he's one of the first guys that's there. You know, to back up his teammates, and uh, you can tell that you know both both of these teams, but especially the Suns, just the way that they play basketball. It's uh, you know it's a team oriented game, and and they move the ball really well. And uh, so you know, like we said, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the rest of the series unfolds, but. Now being 2-1 with the uh, game four in Milwaukee on Wednesday night with the Bucks having a chance to even it up. Uh, we'll see if they get the job done or not. I, I think the when I when I looked uh, last I saw earlier today, the Bucks were four-point favorites on Wednesday night. So I could see that it being at home again. I could see that. Yeah. The home court advantage is definitely playing a role in this finals. For so sure, both, for sure. Both, both cities are kind of going crazy for their teams right yeah. now. Suns, I've heard the Suns is like basically just a giant party in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. People are half the people don't even know who the team is. They just go to the right. party. And Milwaukee is very passionate because they've been waiting for so long with having good teams, just not con- not, not uh, completing the, the run. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch. See how see how it ends up. You want to move on to the uh, little. NHL talk we got going here. I was gonna say, speaking of teams that did uh, did make it oh. over the hump for the nice little segue there, uh, teams that did make it over the hump for the second straight year, the Tampa Bay Lightning um, won won their ser- won the series against the Canadians four uh, one, earning the their second straight uh, Stanley Cup and Pat uh, Pat Maroon's third. John, that's big for him. Uh, overall, so yeah, he's he's kind of created a little legacy there, and uh, I saw today that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning had a it looked like an incredible uh, boat parade. It looked like it looked like the Stanley Cup uh, <laughs> had, had a little incident there. I'm not yeah. sure if it, it was a replica replica or the real thing. I'm sure it was. Oh, real God, thing. hope it was a replica. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean they they've definitely earned it, and and also too, you know. Quick shout out to the Montreal Canadiens for the run that they were on. And, uh, you know, they definitely deserve recognition because, you know, I don't think a lot of people, including us, uh, saw the Canadians, you know, being a team that uh, a lot of people saw in the finals, but uh, they, they yeah. definitely made, made a run there and and uh, made it interesting and made it fun. Yeah, uh, I didn't but, see them getting out of the first round, yeah. much less to the finals. For sure. But no, you, it, was, you, it was great to see though for the Lightning, especially for our guy Pat Maroon to get his third. But for the Lightning to get their second, honestly, for the city of Tampa Bay, I mean, what a turnaround they just had out of nowhere getting the Lightning two Stanley Cups, the Buccaneers winning the uh, NFL championship and yeah. the Super Bowl. God, I can't even think of the word. The Super Bowl yeah. and then uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays getting to the, the pennant of the MLB playoffs. And what a damn turnaround they had! Yeah, they used to have sure. just no teams that could do anything, and then just in a year's time, they turn around and get basically four teams to the championships of their respective leagues, and that's that's incredible for them. I mean, that's got to be a hell of a time to be down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I but saw. Yeah, it's 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 impressive to be able to get back to back Stanley Cups. It hasn't been done since I believe the Blackhawks did it. I think it was like what 2014, 15-ish. Yeah, the, yeah, I think the the Penguins might have done too. I'm not sure. The Penguins was it the Penguins? Was it the Penguins or the Blackhawks? Kind of, always kind of get me mixed up. But well, the the Blackhawks had a had a good run there. Obviously, two went in th- three, and I think it was seven years. So you'd think they'd, have, but I, I don't know if they I don't know if they went back to back or not. But uh, I, 
I'm pretty sure I did. I looked and I, it was the Penguins, I think, was 2016 17 was, was the last back to back champion. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it, a good, good uh, stretch for Tampa Bay. And, and honestly, like you could see, you could see uh, the Buccaneers being in the Super Bowl again. You could easily see the Rays being in the World Series again. And you could easily see uh, Tampa Bay going for, you know, a third championship. That would um, be something to see. I saw there, there was a, you know, a lot of people or a lot of discussion or some discussion around, you know, the, the, not, not this year's, but last year's championship being kind of a fluke, you know, shortened season in the bubble and, and the players just responded, you know, how, how about now? Like, is it's a fluke, you know, obviously and they um, show that it, it wasn't a fluke. They're a very talented team. And, uh, uh, they definitely earned it, and I think it, I think the best team. It, it would have been fun to to see Vegas and, and Tampa Bay in the final. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been the better final. No, again, no disrespect to Montreal. They they definitely you know surprised everybody and definitely earned the right to be there. But uh, uh, you could definitely tell that Tampa Bay was the far superior team there. I agree. I definitely agree. It'd be something to see if they go out there and get into the finals again next year. That'll be so good storyline had that going but i did look it up and it was the pittsburgh penguins in 2016 2017 you were correct i always get them and the blackhawks mixed up because frankly i just hate both teams so yeah. i don't really care about either of them but <laughs> and and also yeah. quick a quick nugget too they never they never lost back-to-back games in this uh in the playoffs that's impressive to me wow really yeah I know that. and i uh, Andre Vasilevsky, the goaltender, was the Conn Smythe uh, winner as the MVP of the Stanley Cup Finals. He uh, stopped 135 of 141 shots after a loss, so that he never – I mean, he was uh, – and he had a shutout in all four series clinching victories. So I think he definitely uh, definitely earned the Conn Smythe, and uh, you can see he had – He's had some fun along with the oh, the whole team, really, you know, yeah, drinking beers and having a good time. Nikita Kucherov was uh, in the media having a good time. And Vasilevsky was wearing the consomite on his head. And so, so they definitely, uh, they definitely lived it up down there, but. As they should, yeah, as they <laughs> if should. I want to stay in the cup, I, you bet for your eyes. Sure. I'd be partying for sure. nonstop for at least a week. For sure. Uh, anyway, some other <laughs> things in the NHL. Uh, yeah. We have coming up in on July 21st the uh, expansion draft for the uh, Seattle. What is it? The Seattle Krakens. Seattle Kraken. Yeah. That's a sick name. My God. Lucky yeah. Man. Their 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 logo is super cool too, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what I think the players that are the list of available players that they have to choose from. They will choose uh, from all 30. I think it's 31. Everybody besides Vegas will have to yep. give them a player. Uh, so the list of unprotected players uh, will be available uh, by July 18th. And the uh, expansion draft will take place on July 21st, the day before the actual NHL draft on July 22nd. So it'll be interesting to see who uh, who's left unprotected and who they, who they build around. I always find that, process interesting obviously haven't seen it much i only saw you know vegas go through that process and we've seen how successful they've been since becoming a franchise you know mm-hmm. making the uh, uh stanley cup uh semifinal three out of the four years as a franchise so it'll be interesting to see w- which route the crack can go obviously they've uh announced the head coach and dave hexall and, and now there's 
start gonna we're gonna start to see the pieces that they build around. Yeah, and by the way, you are not kidding. That is a sick logo in the jersey. Yeah. yeah. I might have to cop me one of those. Yeah, you know. for sure. And, and you can see that if you if you go to their Twitter, I think it's their pinned tweet, but like their video, like announcing the logo and just like what it means for the city, you know, using the um, what's the what's the landmark? And now I'm going to look like a dumbass. What, what's the landmark in Seattle? The uh, oh, the uh, the needle. Space yeah, needle. the space needle. Yeah, they they incorporated that in the uh, in the logo. And just, just like how they use different things and, and what what the Kraken and everything and all that means to Seattle. It, it's a it's an exciting, you know, it, it's a great place for a franchise too. You know, they, they've been excited for for uh, a possible NBA reunion. And um, so, what, like I said, we'll see. We'll see coming up by the end of the week. We'll know, uh, or soon, we'll know soon, kind of the uh, overall look of the Kraken team and, and uh, it'll be fun to, to see who they pick from each team and how they kind of build the team for now and the future. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see which players teams from their protected yeah. list as well. Cause I mean, it's gonna, obviously it's going to be the most important pieces to their team. So it's going to possibly, you know, piss off some of their players and make them unhappy and re- make them request to be traded, which <laughs> Unfortunately, it leads into our, our next topic, which is uh, unfortunate for our St. Louis Blues. One of our more known players, Vladimir Tarasenko, has requested that the team trade him. Yeah. Following the events of this past year and how the team, I guess, handled him. But what are your thoughts on that, Andrew? I, I think uh, when thinking about possible destinations for him, I, I think the Kraken might be a destination, you know, but, yeah. but here's the thing. Do, do the blues want to leave him unprotected and possibly risk not getting anything for him at all? I think, cause I think you, if you, you obviously trade, he's, he's, he's had issues with the shoulder that's well documented now. And, and that, seemed to be one of the reasons that he requested a trade was just how they handled his whole shoulder issues. Uh, but do you possibly leave him unprotected and, and not get any, not get much for him? I mean, obviously if you leave him unprotected, then you know that his uh, salary, for, you know, for the cap is free and you can use that where, you know, in other places. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, definitely, you know, he's been a, a face of the franchise, you know, ever since he's been drafted and, and come up and ha- had a lot of success and obviously was uh, instrumental in the, the uh, Stanley Cup run and, and, uh, and other things and uh, been a, a super successful player. But he's, he, he's uh, I think, in the seventh year now. It might, he might be going into the eighth year of the, of the eight-year deal. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, mm-hmm. so it, it'll be interesting to see you know, where, where he goes. I've heard, you know, possibly the Islanders. I've heard, uh, you know, I thought the Kraken maybe. I've heard uh, possibly the Bruins. I mean, I've heard uh, the Oilers. You know, there, there's going to be a lot of teams that will at least call on him and, and you know, see what, what his value is. And I, I don't know really what his value is, um, you know, being the uh, – Due to his injuries, um, yeah. If but, this would have been like two years earlier, then he would have been catching a very heavy price. But right but, now, and, though, with the injuries, it's going to be definitely kind of hurting. 
Yeah, and and I, I don't think I still think he has some value, but for him and also too for him to come out and say that say this, you know, that he it doesn't really give the Blues leverage anymore. Like he he's definitely gone one way or another, whether he's left unprotected or he's traded. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it leaves it leaves the Blues in a tough spot, but it also it also kind of frees them up in a way, just knowing, just knowing, you know, he's a guy that has been injured in the past and and owed a lot of money, and, and I, I think it kind of gives them a little bit more flexibility to just move on and, and hopefully get some, you know, at the very least, draft picks, you know, maybe a young prospect and 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 look somewhere else, you know. To, to build around and don't have to worry about him. Hmm. Yeah, I think best case scenario would be probably the Kraken choosing him and just taking the salary away, taking just the mess of dealing with that trade away. I mean, yeah, we don't get anything in return as a player-wise, but yeah, it'd open up more opportunities for us to take advantage of that and not have to keep him on and worry about that all in the offseason and just get it out of the way. Uh, I definitely help the team morale as well because I think having a big name, long term player like that, one out is not going to be helpful in the locker room situation. Right. The last fan base. Right. And, and the last uh, the last two years, he's played a combined thirty four games. Uh, had seven goals and seventeen assists. So a combined thirty four games out of you know one hundred and forty five or whatever it is. Uh, it's obviously not great. And he he also said he was mad about not being named the captain over Ryan O'Reilly, but I, I feel like you got to be on the ice to be be named yeah. captain. And so so you know it's kind of a tough you know he obviously came out and said that he was frustrated, and I get it because he he was again a, a long tenured blue, and as I mentioned, you know, uh, integral part of the franchise ever since he's been drafted, and so uh, you know I I mean I guess he deserved it, but you know if you're hurt, I mean. You'd have to give the cap. You'd have to give the C to somebody else anyway. You know who's on the ice, so mm-hmm. it didn't really make a whole lot of sense there. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to a resolution here, and I think I think uh, you know Fridge sees like two two plus weeks away. So we'll we'll uh, we'll get more clarity here coming up shortly. And uh, like I said, there'll, there'll definitely be a lot of uh, a lot of teams calling, and and we'll we'll see what his value is. Uh, we'll start to get a little bit more understanding of, of what he's worth and. And I don't, I don't think he's not, he's, you know, washed up by any means. But you know, the the injuries do, do present a concern. Mm-hmm, I agree. You want to move on to a little MLB now, Andrew? Yeah, for sure. It's it's With the uh, uh, the uh, the home run derby is getting underway now. Also, weekend. Yes, I was about to say. I think it's I think it started at eight o'clock. So it should yeah. have been going right now. Yeah. The, uh, I've got it on. They're they're just uh, they're just introducing all the uh, all the participants as we speak. Yeah. So yeah, actually, if you want here, I'll run through the uh, the bracket. The yeah, uh, the yeah, one seed Shohei Otani is facing off against Juan Soto, the eight seed. The uh, four seed on this is the left side of the bracket. The mm-hmm. uh, four seed Salvador Perez facing off against Pete Alonso. And then on the right side of the bracket, we got the two seed Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story, the seven seed. And finally, the three seed Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini, the sixth seed. Who you got, Andrew? Who you got? Who you put your money on? Uh, I I think I mean a lot of people home run derby every year is it's fun to watch. You know, it doesn't yeah. doesn't really like I don't really like 
jump to my TV to go watch it. I, you know, I'll have it on like I do now. And but I, I think this year could be one of the most exciting ones just because it's be, just because it's in Colorado. You know, it, it's been well documented that the ball just flies out of there, and uh, and we definitely got some got some power hitters. You know, obviously Shohei is gonna you know be in the spotlight, but Joey Gallo and Matt Olson, we got some powerful left-handed hitters, and and I think I think it's gonna be one of those two. I think it's gonna be. Uh, Shohei and Joey Gallo in the because they're they're on opposite sides of the bracket, right? Shohei and yes. uh, Joey yes. Gallo. So I think I think they could meet. I think the the uh, but it, it is also to be said too, like you know some of those some of those bigger left-handed guys are you know harder swingers, and a guy like Juan Soto may not have as many home runs, but he I feel like he just kind of like it's got like a free easy swing while. Maybe Shohei or a guy like Joey Gallo might swing a little harder and get tired and and, mm-hmm. and eventually wear out. So it and especially in that in that Denver air, you know, they say you know it's definitely harder, a little harder to breathe and get your 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 feet underneath you. So it'll be interesting to see how they battle the elements in in a course field, but also use that to their advantage. Yeah, I definitely think that we might see a a record be broke for most home runs in a round. Yeah. Cause I mean, if it's going to be somewhere, it's going to be in this stadium with the ball carrying as far as it usually does. So that'd be fun to see who does it. And if that's the championship round, if it's first round, it'd be more obviously more fun and exciting if it's in the championship round to win it, but that'd be something interesting to watch. And then I believe what, what day is the all-star game? Is it? It's, that's tomorrow. It's yep. tomorrow. Tuesday, it is tomorrow. Tuesday, okay, I thought yep. they, that's kind of weird. They should save that for like a weekend or something, but. That's my opinion, but uh, looking at the rosters right now, I mean, it's they're both pretty god darn stacked. I'm gonna have to give the uh, the leg up to the National League. I think they got a little bit more star-studded cast going there. Of course, with my two guys in the outfield as starters, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker, hitting hitting right behind each other in the lineup. Yes, they are. It, I believe it's sixth and seventh. And and what I what I saw when I you know obviously we had some. You know, unfortunate injuries with Ronald Acuna tearing his ACL. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then uh, and then uh, Buster Posey also hurt. But we had there's five players from the NL Central uh, out of the starting nine, two from the Pirates out of all teams, and then obviously Arenado, and then the two Reds boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, starting off with Fernando Tatis, probably, probably one of the most exciting players. And then, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, as you said, Winker and, and uh, Castellanos, along with Arenado back in course Field, the All-Star game. Uh, I'm sure he'll be ready to do something, you know, you know, make his mark on All-Star weekend. And uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I do want to point out, too, uh, Max Scherzer is making his fourth uh, career All-Star game start, the second most all-time. Uh, he was a replacement too. He did like he didn't make the he didn't make the roster right away, and, and that's kind of another thing I wanted to point out too. It, it, I mean, it definitely sucks. A lot of people would, would, would probably want to see Jacob Degrom versus Shohei Otani, you know, in that first inning. And yeah, uh, but a lot of a lot of these guys are opting out, and 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 I, I think it hurts the league for sure. I mean, there's really no incentive to play. I mean, you get you get home field advantage for the world series, but that's about it. And that only, you know, affects two teams, you know, it doesn't yeah. affect the league. Yeah, so. yeah. And why, why would you play? And there's no incentive and you can, you know, you can rest up and, and uh, you know, help, yeah, help you off your actual kind team. of either monetary incentive or something to help your team. 
whether that's a bigger cap space or something along that line. But yeah, I mean, just home field advantage in the World Series. That's a mean, yeah, like you said, that's only going to affect two teams. So if you're coming from a team that right. really doesn't have a hope for a championship at all, then you're not going to go waste your time, possibly get injured or get more tired for right. real actual games. So, yeah, I believe they need to have something in there. I mean, obviously the most easiest one would be just some type of monetary extra little bonus throwing throwing their way for making the roster and actually playing that they play. Yeah. But and, I mean, it'll still be fun with how many big names they still have actually going. Cause I mean, it's going to yeah. be fun for the ones that are there. And, and that's the thing too, for the home run derby, I believe the prize is a million dollars for the winner. And I think, uh, Pete Alonzo, he's the defending champion of 2019. He's back here in 2021. We failed to even talk about him, but he's a defending champion from 2019. Uh, I think his salary is like the league minimum because he's still in his uh, still in his rookie deal. So the uh, prize money for the home run derby would be double his sal- his salary. So, uh, and obviously they they give a lot a lot of that to charity and stuff. You know they don't take a whole lot of that, but I'm still you know it's. And I mean, that gives you an incentive to, to want to, you know, participate in the home run derby and do all those kind of things. So, mm-hmm. and I, I do, agree. I, I do want to point out too, real quick. Uh, so we got Ojani uh, participating in the home run derby tonight. He's, he's starting on the mound tomorrow and he's also going to be the designated hitter. So uh, that'll be fun to see. Uh, he'll be worn out for sure. Uh and, and you hope that doesn't affect, you know, his second half, as you mentioned, you know, going and doing all these events and pitching, hitting, and doing everything. So uh, it'll be fun to see for, for the fans, but you hope that uh, he can stay healthy and, and nothing happens. But it'll be, it'll be a fun, fun game. I think there'll be, uh, be quite a bit of offense and definitely, <laughs> yeah, you got that right. definitely some talent. Maybe a little – are they going to – I wonder if they're going to have anybody challenge any uh... – substances for the pitchers during an all-star game <laughs> could you, could you, i will you, lose my mind if they actually go challenge somebody in an all-star game for <laughs> substance for pitching that'll be could, insane could you imagine if all the pitchers put spider tack on their gloves and they're not <laughs> they ought to do it just as a joke yeah it'd be absolutely hilarious if someone like uh let's see who's a pitcher that would uh, i'm trying to read through who would actually be funny to see that happen. I'm not sure, but that'd be unreal. Just a perfect little tack onto the ending there. To yeah. have someone go out and have the umpires check them. That'd be hilarious. It'd be perfect. But anyway, you want to move on past the MLB? Yeah, we we had an interesting. What is this? The the uh, third year, fourth year for the match, right? Fourth year. I don't even know, but uh, it was in uh, Big Sky, Montana. The big match. Uh, Beautiful. An absolute beautiful course. Uh, I, w- I would love to go there and, and, you know, see that and play that. But uh, I, I wonder how much – I didn't look this up. I wonder how much it costs per round. They said uh, you you re- you get a cart there, you get uh, bear spray with your cart. I think they they saw a bear on – I think it was hole 11. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely fun. You know, there, there's it's more just a fun thing, obviously, raising money for charity and, you know, uh, feeding America and, and all those charities. But, uh, you know, you, you get to just see the guys uh, loosen up. And, and I thought, I thought Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady uh, represented themselves well. And, um, it, you know, it's definitely fun to just kind of have a inside look at, 
you know, how, how they read putts and, and what they're seeing and, and all those oh, different yeah. Types of things. Yeah, I think Brady and Rodgers were both, were both fantastic. Uh, Phil was perfect, as usual, with his yeah. chirping everybody and his just yeah. witty comments and yeah. fantastic. I mean, I think at one point he said uh, – I think Brady was in the sand and he uh, he was asking for, like, t- tips and everything. Phil just goes, well, you mean you just hit it out of the sand? Yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil yeah. being one of the best bunker players yeah. of all time. That was just hilarious. But the other thing that I bring out of this was uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, someone who I hate immensely, is awkward as hell. Yeah, Every time he, is, he got yeah. chirped by somebody else, he just kind of like awkwardly stood there and stared. Yeah, but at just kind of like brushed it off. Yeah, I mean that he had his he had like five jokes, and then after that, he just kind of got awkward and didn't know what to say. His god awful, stupid walkout thing he did, where he was like, airboxing, getting into a helicopter to go to him, like what the hell was that? Yeah, if you're gonna do something like that, at least back it up. I mean, yeah, he played well. Go ahead, sure, but this thing isn't to play well and win. It's a charity event. You're supposed to be entertaining people not going for the w i mean come on dude he's just i can't stand him brooks kept would have been so much better that's all i got <laughs> it would have been funny if they, that those two were, were the goal you know they, oh, it they, been didn't perfect. Have, they didn't have phil they had bryson and brooks you know uh, that that would have been fun just uh yeah that would have been fun yeah, sure. i don't think bryson will be back because <laughs> i mean that's just i mean that was just bad he played well but he is not an entertainer and any yeah, he, standpoint except to he, just make people laugh at him. Right. He, he chipped in on the first hole had a nice uh, yeah. chip there, but then, but then after that, I think they started using uh, Aaron Rodgers ball more. I think it was like six out of the next seven holes. You know, they used his ball, obviously, you know, Bryson's going for the big, you know, rip, you know, trying to hit the ball 500 yards. And obviously that, you know, that's all, that's all fun and stuff until you're the, you know, in the second, in the rough and you can't use the ball. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, he, he was just kind of, he just kind of awkward. And, but like you said, I, I think, I think the other three kind of fit well. I mean, the, the broadcast was trying to like, you know, poke into Aaron Rodgers about, you know, where, where he was going to go. And, and uh, Tom Brady said, uh, I think they had Robert Gronkowski on the phone and uh, he, he was like, you know, I, I'm standing like 30 feet, uh, I'm sitting like 30 feet away from Aaron Rodgers, the, uh, the leader of the Packers, at least I think he said that <laughs> you know, they, they tried asking him like where, where he's going to go. He's like, I'm just going to, you know, enjoy the day and enjoy the weekend. And I think they're in Lake Tahoe. I don't know if it's last weekend. Yeah. Lake Tahoe for a, you know, celebrity event. And so, I mean, that's definitely, you know, something to watch, you know, with the uh, training camp coming up, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it was a beautiful course and, you know, a fun thing for, for charity. And, and I, and I hope they continue to do it. And, and I know, and they will, and, and they'll find different, different players, different people, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's for charity. So it's a good cause. I mean, yeah. You can't beat something like that Yeah, and an entertainment factor. Right. Uh, the next big entertainment factor thing we had going on this past week was the uh, Poirier versus McGregor fight that we had going on. It's a very unfortunate ending with uh, McGregor breaking his – was it his ankle or his foot? I think it was, I think it was his it, leg, right? Yeah. It, Bottom it looked, of his leg. It, it looked like his ankle, but then it, but then you saw it slow motion. It looked like his whole leg. Yeah. I mean, you know? It, but, it, I mean, it that was the, the very first round. It wasn't even anything going on. I mean, it was kind of just a big old letdown, if you ask me. 
Yeah. And then you, they, in the aftermath of it, you have uh, Poirier saying that uh, he would have shit pumped him basically if he actually would have been able to fight him, that he was going to kill McGregor. And then McGregor saying that uh, Poirier should, should be embarrassed if he actually claims this as a win because, I mean, they didn't really even fight. So, I mean, I think McGregor wants a rematch. Uh, I mean, I think Poirier probably wants a rematch as well to actually have a real fight go on. But, I mean, we'll see what happens in that. And we'll... Yeah, but I believe Dana White did say that there was going to be a rematch whenever uh, Connor was healthy. I know he had surgery today. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was obviously the trilogy. You know, each, each uh, guy had won one fight prior to this, but Connor's fight win was in 2014. And, and uh, it's the first time that he suffered back-to-back losses in his career, obviously not the, the way he wanted to. To go out and but the thing I kind of noticed about this one is it was just you know far more personal than, than usual you know uh, this one seemed to be you know attacking his, his family and and Dustin was the same way you know and uh, you can tell you can tell the two guys just really don't like each other and uh, so I'm sure they would have liked to have been able to you know throw some fists and and have it ended and end in a different way and you can kind of see I, I think it was kind of going that way. Dustin mm-hmm. seemed to have a little bit of control, and you can, I think the referee was even thinking about stopping it at one point. Uh, but then there, you know, the round he saved the round and and he just stepped back, and there, there's uh, there's like one, so uh, just like that, you know, as you as you mentioned, uh, and the kind of opening up, just the the entertainment factor was definitely going to be there, and it, it just seemed to be all sucked out of the air mm-hmm. in a blank, so. Yeah, it was a very awkward break, too. It wasn't, like, off of a kick or a, a big jump or anything. It was just kind of he just stepped back and all the weight went down and just snapped a leg. I mean, it didn't, obviously didn't look good, but, I mean, it's just kind of a weird, weird instant that made it happen. Yeah, and, and Dustin said that he he thought he heard something, like, when he checked a, when he checked a kick, you know, at the beginning, and obviously we'll never know because uh, mm-hmm. Connor said, you know, there was no check there, and, you know, what's he going to say? But, uh, uh yeah, I mean it's definitely definitely frustrating. I mean, could you imagine if you you know paid for the whole thing and then to have it in like that? Uh, definitely, definitely disappointing. Yeah. And that um, is why I don't buy pay per view. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And and that kind of leads me to to kind of a quick thought: is like, is is Connor done like being the main attraction, or is there you know is he? No, I don't think he is. I mean, he was on the ground injured, and he was when he came up and did the after after report laying on the ground with a broken leg he's still talking about his next big fight happening and yeah. a possible rematch i mean he's i mean he's he's gonna be this center of attraction for a while yeah. there's nobody like mcgregor that's such a performer he may not be the best fighter anymore he might not I've get the seen, yeah. big name big title fights but i mean he's still gonna be out there getting the the big fights that everybody's gonna want to watch just because he's Conor mcgregor it's, right. it's his brand that's who he is yeah and, that, and that's the thing i was gonna say like you said I think it'll still be an attraction now. Now, will it be like worth, worth watching or worth paying, you know, that much money to watch? I, I don't know, but people will still pay and, and watch them. And, and I, I mean, I hope, I hope he, you know, be, is able to get back. Like I said, it's the first time he's lost back-to-back fights in his career, but he obviously still, you know, made good money off of it. And, and hopefully he, uh, he gets back healthy. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we got two big international, soccer tournaments that ended this past week uh both had pretty exciting endings which one do you want to start with here andrew i'll let you choose 
Start with the Euros. Start with the Euros. Okay, yeah. the more exciting one. I like it. I like it. The uh, the final was Italy versus the hometown England, and uh, I think everybody except Italy was rooting for England in this, which is something exciting to see because you know they haven't won a championship. I don't think ever, and is this was on home turf, so they're kind of like the team of destiny, basically. But it sucks because they lost in their usual woe of getting to penalty kicks and losing, which they do a lot. Very unfortunate to them, but I mean, it was an exciting game. It was good to see Italy earn that win. But what are your thoughts on that, there, Andrew? Yeah, it was a it was a big day for for uh, people over in England. You go from you go from Wimbledon to. Uh, mm-hmm to the Euros and, and I know uh, Tom, Tom Cruise and maybe we'll get into, into Wimbledon uh, here in a second, but uh, I know Tom Cruise and David Beckham were both there and they, they were both at the soccer match as well. But yeah, as you mentioned, it was disappointing for, for, uh, for England to the, the way they, the way they battled and uh, obviously came up short again. They haven't won a major title since 1966. I think of the world cup is the last major title they've won. And mm-hmm. uh, all three, all three host nations that have made the uh, Euro final have lost. Uh, so they're fa- following along with that trend. But uh, I-, I thought it was interesting, you know, watching the game, obviously they scored away like a minute and 57 seconds in and, and uh, seemed to go to like a park the bus, you know, situation where they didn't want to give up the goal. And so it, it was definitely kind of a, you know, not, not the best soccer to watch, but uh, they ended up bringing on, you know, Marcus Rashford and Jane Sancho to, to oh, take, God. to take penalties, you know, the, and they, but at the end, like at the end of uh, extra time, you know, yeah, time, they put them in just for the penalties. Yeah. And, and they both missed. God. And uh, so it was that's, tough. And, and yeah, then you, that's real tough. and then you had one of their, one of their younger guys, um, uh, I believe was 19 years old, you know, missed the final penalty and, but and then before that, Italy had missed the penalty that that could have clinched it. That gave England another shot. So you know it was definitely definitely an interesting game. And, uh, and you know as you mentioned, uh, it, England falling short once again. Uh, so definitely disappointing. But it was definitely a and then a fun game and a, an interesting tournament too. I had had some high highs and lows with uh, with Ericsson and. and uh, Denmark, you know, yeah. uh, m- making a nice run there, uh, and Italy um, is the, I believe, the second, second or third uh, nation to win two two Euro championships and uh, two World Cups as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, some, some, go ahead. They're actually the first. First, uh, yeah. First. And uh, something you touched on the uh, having them—I can't remember his name—but having their young guy, 19 years old, take that final big shot. I mean, that was—that probably wasn't the best idea to have him in that position. I mean, they had—I mean, their first two uh, takers were uh, Henry, Harry Kane and uh, McGuire, I believe is his name. I can't remember off the top of my head. I was watching it in the, on the car ride home yesterday, trying to remember names, but. They both go up there and just absolutely hammer both they their shots yeah. perfectly. I mean, McGuire, I can't believe it was McGuire's his last name, but um, yeah, he Harry, up there. Harry McGuire, yeah. Harry McGuire, yeah, he hammers it upper 90, which is that's, that's beautiful. A tough shot, too. Yeah. And I, as a soccer player myself for 18 years, I mean, that's that's not easy to do. Having them go one and two, I mean, yeah, it's a smart thing to have 
your team get the momentum, but possibly should have had one of them maybe taking the final kick just so the pressure wasn't on this young kid who's not I'm not really used to being in a situation like that where they obviously are. So, I mean, we'll never know what could have happened, but, I mean, something could have gone more England's way if they, they decided to do that differently. But, I yeah, mean, it is what it is. It sucks for England. It's for Italy, but, you know, that's what happens. A lot of people said, you know, uh, 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 Raheem Sterling maybe should have taken a penalty, and obviously you yeah. can you can definitely uh, – Second guess it now. Um, Bukoyo Saka was the was the Saka, who, yes. Saka, Saka. Yeah, is a nineteen year old. I believe it's he's from Arsenal. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, I, I mean, look, two guys coming in cold to a game. They they were, I mean they played for like two minutes before the whistle yeah. blew, and then have them go up there and take penalty kicks. Yeah, that's supposed to be their specialty. But I mean, come right. on, if you're gonna do that, at least put them in a little bit longer so they can get warmed up before having to right. go in there and do that. They came in there cold not having taken a shot or anything and being expected to go make those. I mean, come on. And they try, they tried to get him in a little earlier. Obviously the the game flow kind of dictates that. And, but yeah, I mean, even, you know, to, to chance of the, you know, having more of that late was, was, uh, was interesting. And, and yeah, now you can, you can second guess it, but uh, you know, Italy, Italy was impressive throughout that tournament. And and so was Mm -hmm. England, you know, but they, again, you know, just fell short. So. Yeah, and they'll both be back. I mean, they're all both their teams. England's more young than Italy is, but they're both fairly young. So I mean, they'll they'll be up there in the ranks for a couple of years to come. And they got the World Cup in uh, two years, I believe. Where's yeah. that at? It's uh, can't remember off the top of my head, but that's coming up. And then you have the uh, the Summer Olympics coming back here to the U.S. in a couple of years. For that'll be another one to see. And, I mean, those two will be up there. It'll be fun to see, along with uh, another team that won a big championship. Somebody's known as the GOAT. Somebody's first Copa America win. Uh, Lionel Messi with Argentina beat Brazil 1-0 in the finals. Kind of dominated that whole game and just controlled the whole thing. And uh, props to Messi for finally getting that under his belt. I believe that it's his first major international tournament win as well because, I mean, he's been – on the struggle bus with that, but I mean, everybody mm-hmm. knows him as the goat between him and Ronaldo and a couple of the older guys like Pele and them, but he's known as the best player of this current time, at least. And it's good to finally see, see him get that first international big tournament win under his belt. Yeah. that And that's what I, just what I was going to say is, yeah, it is his first uh, full senior level trophy with Argentina. And you, you can mm-hmm. definitely tell that there was like some weight lifted off his shoulders. Just yeah. looking at like the, the pictures after the game, you know, he, he was definitely emotional with that. And, and he, you know, as you mentioned, he's, he's definitely been a, a player under the spotlight for, for his entire career. And for him to, you know, get that little monkey off his back. And he was, I was, you know, just looking at some of the highlights of the, you know, during the, his matches. I mean, he's, he's an incredible player. I mean, that's, you know, putting it lightly, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, for, for him to, you know, kind of carry Argentina and, and it, as you said, to, to be the Brazil side with, with Neymar and, uh, you know, uh, Brazil side that, you know, is no, no walk in the park as well. Um, so we, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, busy, busy uh, weekend for soccer and, and uh, I know we got the, the gold cup going on right now too. So uh 
soccer has been in the spotlight, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a fun Euros and, and uh, good for, for Messi and Argentina to, to uh, finally give, get over the hump in the Copa America as well. Yeah. I want to stay over in uh, England and talk about little Wimbledon. And yeah. We touched on it a little bit earlier talking about the Euros, but uh, yeah, big time Wimbledon finals. Uh, a more lesser named person winning it on the women's side with uh, Ashley Barty from Australia winning that. And then on the men's side, the, uh, the goat talk comes into light again with Djokovic winning yet another championship title this time at Wimbledon. Uh, I mean, I didn't get to watch any of it personally, but I've heard that they're both pretty exciting matches for the finals and, uh, both players deservingly so winning. You yeah, but on those, Andrew. I believe the uh, the Barty match went to went to three sets, and she's the number one ranked player in the world, and uh, finally got over the hump. I I, I uh, tuned I tuned into the the match a little bit, and they said that uh, that that was kind of the the tournament that she had been eyeing. You know, she had wanted to win, and 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 she finally did that, and. Uh, uh, speaking of a, a player that had won Wimbledon, uh, Novak won it for a third third straight year. I mean, that's that's impressive in, in itself. And uh, he's now tie, tied with uh, Roger and, and Rafa Nadal with uh, 20, 20 uh, major titles. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's impressive as well. And and looking, he's looking for a, a calendar Grand Slam to win all all four majors in the same year. He's the uh, He's the favorite currently at the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is the is the next, and I guess, in last major of the year. Uh, he's the favorite to do that. And he'd be if he would win, he'd be the first uh, male player to uh, win a uh, calendar Grand Slam since 1969 in Rod, Rod Laver. So that's definitely a hard feat. And you can tell how uh, I, I watched the, the uh, post game interview uh, with, or post match, I guess, interview. Uh, with uh, Djokovic, and he said that he uh, constructed a a Wimbledon trophy in his room, and he was he was like seven or eight, and uh, he, he he's always dreamed of you know winning, and and obviously it's been one of his uh, most successful uh, major tournaments, and uh, it, it's just a uh, it's just amazing you know what we're seeing with those you know the three uh, three studs of tennis you know each having 20, 20 major titles is kind of unheard of and. Uh, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like any of them, you know, will be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. And uh, just a quick note that tells you how much I know about tennis. When I said uh, Ashley Barty was a more lesser known player, <laughs> you can pull up and say she's the number one player in the world. The only really tennis things I know are just like the big name people. So that tells you how much I pay attention to that. But Andrew, luckily, was able to touch on that a little bit more than I was, and. Yeah, I mean, it's Wimbledon's a big one, and that's good for yeah. both of them to get those another belts. And Djokovic to keep cementing himself as the possible goat of tennis of all time. So we'll see how that shapes out. But yeah, yeah, and the, and the guy Djokovic played Matteo Berrettini was a is an Italian. He made his first first major uh, first major final, I think it was. Uh, so hopefully, I think he'll be a guy that you know will be back in the future. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I guess good to see and, and good for Djokovic to keep, you know, uh, earning those titles. And uh, like I said, it, I, I don't, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, Andrew, I think it's time we move on to another top five segment. This time we're going to be playing along a little bit with our last draft that we did, which was the uh, all-time greatest movie sports movies draft. So for this top five, we are going to be doing sports movie scenes. Now, by scenes, we have a little a little tightrope you had to walk on this. It had to be try to keep it like two minutes or less so we couldn't have like an entire final game from a from yeah. movie, which is basically every sports movie known to man. It had to like be just like a segment of that or like a halftime speech or something. So it could all, we tried to keep it under two minutes. But yeah, the sports movie scenes, top five. Andrew, would you like to take it away with your number five pick? First, first, quickly, I, I just want to point out this was this was super difficult for me. Like, oh my god, it was impossible. There, there, there was you know quite a few movies there that you're like, man, man, that could that could definitely be like a top five. And then you're like, you see another one, you're like, I mean, that could definitely be a top five. So for me, it, I think the solid five, you know, it's good, maybe not great. Top five, uh, Moneyball when they uh, earn their 20th straight victory they had a little you know with uh Hattie Burke and the walk-off and and uh, you know B- Billy Bean I guess uh he was excited and and uh Jonah Hill Jonah Hill you know who they put all that together and you know the the crowd roar uh of them winning their their 20th straight game De- definitely a, a well-chronicled team a well-chronicled movie uh, so that's number five for me. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and I, I have to agree that this was ungodly difficult to try to do this, to break mm-hmm. it down. I mean, as we were talking about all the other things, I was still deciding what my top five would be yeah. in the process of this. I mean, it was – I have a list that I came up with of 11 different things, and trying to break that down to mm-hmm. just five of them was so hard. And I'm honestly completely still undecided on my number five mm-hmm. between two different ones. Uh, whichever one I don't say, I'll mention in our honorable mentions at the end of it. But, but ah, all right, yeah, I got to pick one. Let's go with yeah. the scene from a more funny entertainment movie, a Cool Runnings. I'm gonna go with the scene where, at their last go down the hill, they crash, and mm-hmm. all you see is between the. Uh, workers running down and the safety members running down. You see them picking up their bobsled and walking it down to the finish line to make sure that they finish that final run. Uh, I mean, if you if you watch that, I mean, it just you put a smile on your face seeing that the uh, the tenacity of those four members of the uh, first ever Jamaican bobsled team, yeah, wanting to finish on a high note instead of finishing our crash. Which I mean, that the run they were taking was probably going to be a meddling run, and then they have that brutal crash, and then just to see them have that will to stand up and walk that bobsled to the very end to finish that race. It's something awesome to watch and also a fantastic movie. If you have never seen it, you should go watch it. Mm. But yeah, my number five is going to be the uh, walk to the finish line and cool runnings. Yeah. Another thing I was interested too is like how, how many of these would come from like my, like my top five movies that yeah. you know, are just to see like how, how many, obviously like, probably you probably think the majority of them would come from but yeah i mean like like we've each already said it was, it was very difficult but uh moving on to my number four uh this is the cat the cats with dad uh scene in uh feel the dreams 
where he uh, obviously had, had a prior had recognized that it was his dad that was you know one of the players out there playing and uh, they had stayed and talked and uh, and had a, had a, a catch on the field. I thought it was a you know a, definitely a I don't know if a teary eyed moment, but an, an emotional moment mm-hmm. could be you know. Uh, but uh, also makes for a good scene and and that definitely uh, you know. I I thought it you know tight tight obviously ties the movie well and I thought it was just a good good scene. I have to agree with that one. I mean, it's one of those ones that just kind of tears at your heart a little bit. Yeah. All right, for my number four, my number three and number four are kind of a toss up. So yeah. I think we're gonna have to go with for number four when in the movie Invincible, which is also on my mm-hmm. draft roster. When uh, Vince Apolli, it's a uh, they're having to punt the ball towards the end of this end of the game, and Apolli calls an audible to uh, make a rush at the returner. He makes a big break and gets kind of a perfect timing on the tackle, causing the returner to fumble the ball, and then Apolli picks it up and runs it back for the touchdown. And I mean, it's just a it's a perfect scene because mm-hmm. his first game he played like shit, and then this game is coming out playing tough and this happens and it's just a big underdog story coming to fulfillment with him scoring the touchdown and the beautifully orchestrated music playing in the background of uh, him just running into it and then having all of his teammates come and support him, him looking up into the stands with his friends, getting emotional, watching him score a touchdown. And they cut to a scene of his dad at the bar watching, getting emotional. I mean, it's a great one. It's a, one that makes you smile, tears at your heart a little bit when you see all everybody getting emotional and him just finally fulfilling that dream of playing out his NFL career and having everybody watch it happen. I mean, it was a good one. And like I said, another one from my top five because yeah. it was a phenomenal movie. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the uh, the football theme for number three. And I, I, this is also in your top five, if I do remember. But uh, we, we are Marshall uh, at the beginning of the – beginning of the movie close to the movie where, where they uh meet to kind of discuss the overall uh the overall thoughts of the program and you know you got all those all, all those players not all those players but like all this the student body and and you know uh just kind of discussing you know where they're going to go uh with the future of of the program and them uh chanting we are marshall and I thought that was just another uh, powerful scene and kind of set, you know, set obviously set the tone for the movie and uh, an emotional thing, a, a devastating thing, but uh, a good movie as well. And I thought it was a good scene. Here we go again, just like the last top five. Oh. I won't say anything because I'm probably going to end up saying something about that yeah. later. But <laughs> my number three, we'll just keep on moving along here. Um, from another movie that was on my draft. Uh, I actually just watched this movie the other day at the uh, state shoot. We have a DVD of it and watch it in the camper. Fantastic movie. Uh, the Replacements. Uh, mm-hmm. A good scene from that is during the uh, final game after halftime when uh, Shane Falco had gotten his job taken back from or by Martell. Martell went out there and sucked a big one and was just not playing with the Replacements team perfectly at all. And Shane Falco comes back and 
you get this big wait, awaited scene of the team is already out on the field and you see him just kind of standing in the tunnel waiting for his moment. And he jogs out to the uh, fantastic and perfectly placed song of rock and roll part two playing. And as soon as everybody sees him, I mean, the crowd erupts and goes crazy and starts chanting Falco because they know that their prodigal son has returned to go and help them win this game and get rid of the uh, playboy Martel. But it's just one of those scenes that make you smile and get you kind of hyped up and get you ready to go. Cause I mean, it's fantastic. Shane Falco, the run out after halftime and the replacements. For, for my number two, sticking again with the football, uh, Remember the Titans. There's there's plenty of good uh, scenes from that movie. But remember the Titans when, uh, you know they they don't gain another yard. You know when they they notice that uh, they notice that the you know the game's being called unfairly and you know it said that you know go to the papers and go down with them and uh, they you know obviously had, you know said to not gain another yard and and. Uh, play well on defense and uh, that that was just a an, an inspirational I guess and 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 uh, uh, good scene to see but that's a I mean that's a fantastic movie too all, all yeah, the way I mean, through there's a lot of different scenes you can pick from that movie yeah, to put for yeah. sure for sure but uh yeah that's my number two I like it I like it that's that's more of a uh, lesser more popular scene in that movie that's yeah big inspirational one i agree with that my number two you stole it from me one of my movies one of my favorite movies of all time it was on my top it was on my draft mm-hmm. and the exact same scene that i was going to choose is uh yeah the we are marshall chant uh outside the big board meaning to help save the football season after yeah. the devastating crash uh the few players that were returning went out and got all the uh fans all of the students all of the faculty everybody to stand mm-hmm. outside this meeting and that one player, God forgive me, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, goes in and interrupts the meeting and just has everybody stand out in the window and just watch as, I mean, the people chant, we are Marshall. Yeah. It's incredible to see everybody out there as they were trying to not have another football season. I mean, to see them out there doing that, I mean, it's pretty incredible to watch. And I'm going to take something here because I don't want you to steal it because I have a feeling that we're going to have the same number one. And you okay. stole my number two. I'm taking your number one. God damn right. it. You might have, yeah. I have a feeling it's for at least from the same movie, but I don't Go know ahead. we've had the same scene. My number one is from the movie Miracle, which is, I mean, undoubtedly yeah. the best sports movie of all time. I just watched it last night, <laughs> getting ready for this because I wanted to see it. The scene I'm picking from that is. Uh, it's kind of like a combined one. It's Herb Brooks' speech at, uh, before the game against the Soviet Union, getting the boys hyped up and getting them ready to go. And then the uh, incurring walkout that the team has onto the ice where yeah. they, they zoom in and they watch all the faces go by. They're, they're tapping the wall with all the notes from the fans. And then that long walk through the hallway of the screaming fans and reporters. And then finally Rizzo tapping up everybody on the head and on the shin plates saying good job and then uh the main guy yelling at Rizzo before he walks out slamming him on the head and watching him smile around out of that ice and the cheering fans and just that whole run through of the speech and then the walkout that's that's what I'm taking as my number one because that just that gets you if you don't get to that doesn't get you smiling and doesn't give you goosebumps I don't know who you are because that is just one of those all-time movie scenes that just get you going and get you ready to go run through a damn wall or something it's perfect 
And that is my number one. And then my number two was the We Are Marshall chant. And, and that is my exact number one as well. Let's the, go. The, <laughs> the, the, the miracle speech. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, how, how can it not be num- like number one, n- number two? Ha- I mean, it has to be uh, just an incredible, incredible moment and uh, an incredible speech. Just, you know, getting getting the guys fired up, just just having them realize their potential and, and know what, what they could do. And and uh, I think a lot of people forget, you know, I, they had to beat. Uh, Sweden actually for wasn't it Sweden for the for the gold medal, uh, but yeah I mean um, uh, no I believe it was Finland, Finland or something like wasn't no, was it Finland I just watched the goddamn movie last night yeah. no Sweden had lost to uh, yeah I think it was Finland I but I, anyway I know, I know yeah. like the the Soviets like what well, wasn't I mean it was obviously the big game but it wasn't like the big game for for the gold medal right uh, but yeah I mean just just that whole. I mean, it just gives you chills, you know, just, just listening to the speech and listening to that, to that whole, whole thing, you know, the walkout, as you said, and, and, uh, uh, I mean, what a movie that, is. I mean, what a movie that is. What wasn't that the, uh, number one choice for the, uh, movie draft? Yes. That was the one one pick yeah. by Dom, which yeah. I mean, everybody thought that was going to be the one one because it's yeah. the best sports movie of all time. It is, it's, yeah. it's, it's got everything. It's got the storylines. It's got the emotional, it's got the action. It's got everything. It's perfect. Yeah, that quick, scene is just fantastic. Another another quick thing is so we, we've we've done two of these top five, right? We've done uh, NBA jerseys and movie scenes, mm-hmm. and we could we could have picked like any anything ever. Like we we obviously didn't you know come in contact before this, but we've each had two of the same five in both drafts. I mean that's yeah that's something right there. God damn, I know. I finally got to steal one from you. Yeah. The last drive, you got two of mine, and this one, you get one of mine. I was like, God damn it, I'm taking this. I can't let him steal it. I think, yeah, we definitely have a, a good thing. I mean, let yeah. me run through both of our top fives just so we rattle off some honorable mentions. I'll start with yours. Your number one is the Herb Brooks speech before Soviet Union game and the incurring walkout. Your number two was uh, Remember the Titans, the uh, not gaining another yard speech, and then the pursuing to not gain another yard. It was on defense. It was pretty fun and exciting. Uh, number three was the We Are Marshall chant. Number four was the uh, playing catch scene with Dad from Fields of Dreams. And number five was from Moneyball, them earning their 20th straight victory. My top five was number one, the Herb Brooks speech before the Soviet Union game and the walkout. My number two was the We Are Marshall chant. Number three was the Shane Falco run out after halftime in the replacements. Number four was Vince Papali's fumble recovery in Invincible. And my number five was the Cool Runnings bobsled team carrying the bobsled past the finish line after the big time crash. Those were our top fives for the top five sports movie scenes. Yeah. Andrew, do you got any honorable mentions to throw out here? I was thinking Friday Night Lights, the, uh, the state championship game. Um, you've definitely got some some uh, some longer scenes in, in Rocky. You know when he he, fight, mm-hmm. he fights Apollo, and uh, you've got you know the uh, final play and and Hoosiers. You know where, where they got the timeout, and he says that he's gonna he's obviously gonna make the play. And, and there there's definitely some some uh, some good scenes in uh, in Coach Carter as well. That I thought yes. I thought oh, I yeah. could make it as well. You know. Some of those speeches and, and other things like that, but yeah, I mean those are the, and obviously there there's a few more, but 
you know, th- those are the four or five that kind of came to my mind. You know, yeah, when, some of the other ones that I had on, on my list were uh, two other scenes from Miracle where the final seconds uh, in the win against the Soviets yeah. with them counting down and no, the changing to no shifts, everybody mm-hmm. going crazy in the stands. Uh, the final, the winning goal by Ruzioni and mm-hmm. champion in that game against uh, the Soviet Union. That was another good one. Uh, the the one that I was debating against for number five was the final putt in Happy Gilmore to uh, win yeah. the championship yeah. in the gold jacket where he's got to put it through all that goddamn scaffolding and sinks it in. That was pretty exciting. Uh, another one from – I remember the Titans was the uh, final touchdown play to uh, win the state title. Uh, and they put back in Red – or sorry, Rev to go in there and score that. Mm. Another one that I had was from a lesser-known movie, one that was in my draft roster from uh, The Rookie when Jim Morris has his run out to the mound and his uh, big major league debut. I thought that was a pretty fun, exciting moment and another one of those get your uh, goosebumps moments. And then a big shout-out one to uh, one of our guys' favorite movies that they talk about and love all the time, the uh, the final play from Double Team. Yeah. I just throw that one there. <laughs> the boys will love that. They one. love Double Team. <laughs> Terrible movie. They just love it. My God, it's so bad. <laughs> but that final scene with her holding the ball and moving her feet around yeah. gets you going. Man. They, they, uh, but, uh, they, they, they drop everything and watch Double Team whenever they oh could. Oh, my God. Sure. <laughs> and they love that scene. Yeah. God damn. It's so bad. But I had to throw it in there just for them. Yeah, just for them. We know they love to listen to it. Yeah. But anyway, but, uh, that was another big old top five segment, which I love to do these. I don't know about yeah. you, but fun and yeah, for sure. Definitely harder in the NBA jerseys. Yeah, yeah. To go through all these goddamn movie scenes, and honestly, I, mean, I know we're forgetting about a bunch of big time ones, but oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it was hard to you know break it down and be like you know just looking at all the elements and like I said, there, there's plenty of ones that we we didn't even mention, we didn't even think about, but uh, oh, you yeah. know that, that's what makes it fun is is you know, just being able to look at these different things and, and just to see what you have, see what I have and, and see if we, if we, if we have any Matt, you know, uh, of the same thing. And like, like I said, you know, we, we've had two of the same uh, five for both top five drafts, which is, I think is, you know, probably a little rare, right? There's, there was so many movies, so many jerseys that we could have chosen, but again, that's what, uh, that's what also makes it fun. And, and hopefully we can, we, we are going to continue doing these. So, Yep, yep, uh, and everybody can. be on the lookout for the uh, the poll coming in this coming yep, week. That's right. For uh, to vote on who had the best top five. Uh, I'm not sure how we're gonna do it yet. If we're gonna do a regular graphic like we've been doing, or possibly maybe do a uh, a thread on Twitter of videos of the scenes so everybody can actually see the whole thing instead of just yeah. picture. We might just do that instead, but we haven't decided. But be on the lookout for that and for the poll, and go ahead and give us a vote. And if we're over there and you haven't done it yet, give us a follow on Twitter as well at the, uh, the sports social podcast Twitter account. Yeah. That, that, we appreciate you listening. Yeah. That, that's pretty much what all, all of what I was going to say is just, uh, yeah, make sure you're on the lookout for that. Go give us a follow. It'll be on our, on our, uh, podcast, Twitter account, sports at sports, sports, social pod. Uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get that graphic or get those scenes out, uh, as soon as possible. And, uh, like I said, we, we look forward to continuing to, uh, to do these podcasts, do the do these top fives, to do different drafts and have different people on and, and continue doing these things. And uh, we appreciate everybody who, who listens. Yes, sir. With, right. uh, have a good one, listeners. Love you guys.
have a good one thanks for listening yeah for sure it's been a been a busy show and we, we appreciate you guys listening and uh, we'll see you on the next one all right catch you later